broadcasting live from the phx.fm studio in phoenix arizona it's time for valley business radio spotlighting the valley's best businesses and the people who lead them Welcome back to the Arizona 100 podcast. I'm Adrian McIntyre with phx.fm. With me here in our virtual studio is Abby Fink, publisher of the Arizona 100. Hello, Abby. How are you? I am well. I am well. And you know what? It's increasingly something I'm grateful for, given what's happening around us in the world as we continue this protracted pandemic. To be well is something I'm very aware is a gift. Yes, I agree. And I think, you know, the the we're rolling into the that season and you know, the the holidays are upon us and it's giving us all time to kind of think about what the past year has been like. I've been walking the neighborhoods and starting to see holiday lights up already. And, you know, normally I'd be like, wait a minute, we haven't even had Thanksgiving yet. And then I'm thinking, no, maybe, maybe it's okay that uh we're sending out the the holiday messages of of good greetings and such. So I'm good with it. I'm good with it. And I, you know, got, got time to reflect and, and you know what, we, we do have a lot to be grateful for. And in spite of all the challenges that we faced over the last year, there's still plenty to be grateful for. You know, it's funny, you mentioned the Christmas kind of sneaking in earlier this year. That's certainly happening in our household. Obviously our two boys love Christmas. It's the best holiday ever, et cetera. Um, but th- they've started bugging us already. Can we play Christmas music? Can we put a, we don't have a fireplace, but can we put the fireplace video on the TV? You know, there's YouTube videos of crackling fires and, um, and they're really wanting Christmas to be here now. And my wife and I at first were kind of like, no, you have to wait. Like Thanksgiving is next. But then yesterday we said, yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> we could tell them Christmas is tomorrow. They I mean, it's actually a, it's, know the difference. Right. I mean, it's it's sort of our own arbitrary rules, right, around when we start celebrating things or acknowledging that they're right around the corner. And and I have no problem that we want to talk about something that's, you know, a good 30 to 40 days away from now. That's that's perfectly fine with me. So um, go ahead, tell those kids to fire up the television and let's make it happen. Why not? You know, and it's the rules really are arbitrary, whether it's our own rules or the HOA's rules about when you can start to decorate your yard. Uh, they are all kind of made up. So we might as well have some fun with it. Now, you've got some thoughts about the giving season, the holiday season, w- what it means to, to really think from that place. W- what's on your mind? Yeah, so we decided with our, you know, we we do the Arizona 100 e-newsletter twice a month. And with the Thanksgiving holiday, we we adjusted our November schedule. So we have one um, a week sooner than we typically would. And we thought about, you know, the what Thanksgiving is about and, and giving thanks for those things that we're most grateful for. And it was a nice kickoff to, you know, this holiday season. So we thought we'd spend a little time, you know, giving a shout out to some of the great nonprofit organizations that are providing important services in our community, as well as those businesses and such that um, provide the financial support that so many of our nonprofits are uh, in need of at this time. So it got me thinking about this concept of, you know, giving back and what does it mean to give back to our community? And certainly, those of us that are financially able have been, you know, um, making contributions to different organizations over the last several months that have been very specifically focused on 
COVID related uh, efforts. But you know, there there are so many organizations that that need our support, and whether that's um, as I like to say, their talent or treasures, right? Whether we give that of our time and make and volunteer, or whether we are able to provide financial support. It's so important to do that. Um, one of the, I, I, several years ago, I participated in a, in a leadership program. And one of the, the tenets of that organ of that platform was something called servant leadership. And I'd never really heard that term before, but it really resonated with me because it's this concept that um, in order to be a good leader, you first have to serve, right? You have to you have to understand what it means to to give to an organization, and I don't think that's necessarily um, only for the nonprofit sector. That's really in any environment, right? We have to we have to serve an organization. We have to put our heart and soul into something, and then we can truly become a leader. And whether that's a leader of a team leader of an office or leader of an effort to, you know, support our community, that, that concept of do it first, and then you can go out and, and lead others to do the same thing. So that's a little bit of where we're, we're headed with this particular issue is really thinking about that concept of servant leadership and what it means to truly give back. And in my conversations over the last several weeks and putting together this issue and just in general is really being continually amazed at how people have stepped up, even though they may personally be facing some challenges, but really still recognizing that they have something to offer out to the community. And that's a pretty incredible thing and and, and an an incredible thing to celebrate, especially at this time of year. You know, it's so interesting to me, um, Adam Grant from the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania, wrote a book a while ago on givers and takers as these kind of two different modes of being in the workplace. And of course, we could extend it out of the workplace and then into the world. Um, There are people whose general orientation is to, you know, how can I serve? What can I provide? What's needed out here that I can contribute in whatever way that is? Um, And then there are folks who are looking for what can I get from the situation? What can I get from this organization? What can I get from this job? And it really is, it's, it's not, his book is complicated because it's not obvious. You would assume that, well, givers are better people or something. And that's not the case. He's just talking about these two very different ways of being in the world. And when it comes to leadership and the way we all show up in our communities and our homes and our workplaces, um, you know, there really is, there really is, a, a very subtle but important mindset shift, you know, especially if you're the boss, right? Do are are you here because these people work for you, or do you work for all these people in who are employed in your firm, your organization, whatnot? That subtle mindset shift changes everything. Sure, and there's a real responsibility in in being a leader, right? It it isn't just about getting people to follow. In that, it really is about setting. Um, expectations and um, demonstrating by example what it is you want for your culture and the and the people that you surround yourself with and 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 a, a and a good leader d- doesn't necessarily have to be the person that holds that title right I mean anyone can be a good leader depending on the 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 circumstances and and you will always find those that will step up and step into those opportunities, um, either by a natural instinct to do so, or they have a recognition that 
this is my time to be, you know, a part of it. And and the other thing about uh, what I, I find interesting in this whole concept about the giving back and being a leader and, and participating is this is this is something that you can do and from a very young age, right? This is not about an, you know, a, a workforce environment or or an adult situation. You know, I can remember as a kid, you know, my parents both volunteered with various um, civic organizations. It was what they did as part of their um, volunteerism. And oftentimes that meant taking us with them to whatever it might be, the, you know, the the gift wrapping booth at the holidays or whatever. And then as I was, you know, growing up and getting involved in, in organizations and such that were more of interest to me, it was the same thing. But I never... And even today, there's things that I do that that one might acknowledge as that's great that you do that. It's great that you volunteer to do that. And I'm not even thinking about it in terms of that. It's just kind of the right thing to do. You know, when you pick up the phone and call your neighbor and say, I'm running to the store, can I get something for you? That's just the nice thing to do, right? And, but that is volunteering to help someone or making a suggestion that you can, you know, provide something. And and we do it hopefully so um, it just ha- comes so natural that we're not even acknowledging that we're doing something volunteer wise, but those things have a ripple effect. And we, you know, we know that pay it forward concept. And if I do something nice, then someone else does it. And we see this change in behavior. And I think more, maybe more so than ever now, we're really acknowledging what that looks like. But but the 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 challenges that we've been facing over the last several months, I think, have really brought to the attention of all of us about how important it is to to give back in whatever fashion that looks like. If it's picking up groceries or it's making a financial contribution, there's still something you can do and can be done again, no matter how old you are. Yeah. And in this issue, you've highlighted a number of different companies and nonprofit organizations who are doing a lot of giving back. Uh, We won't go through all of them. Obviously, the the details are available in the issue. But uh, what are some of the highlights or what stands out? What are you seeing in in terms of the themes and so on of, of what's going on this season? Right. Well, and, and what we did with this issue is there's a, a a fair amount of organizations that are maybe more of the recipient of the good works in the community. They're the nonprofit organizations that that you know require financial support, but then put it back out in the community in terms of social services work. And then we also talked about some of the the businesses and foundations that are the ones that are providing that funding. And I think the common theme here in all of it was. It was the idea that no matter what we're facing, these organizations have to continue to provide the services that they ha- that they are, and that if we are an entity that is in a financial position to support them, what can we do to make that happen? And what we saw over the last, you know, eight months or so is, you know, foundations that typically have pretty strict guidelines in terms of how they're making their donations and to what types of organizations and for what those organizations can use their money for, looked at those guidelines and said, well, those work in times where things are, quote unquote, normal. They are not normal right now. And organizations are being asked to respond very quickly, uh, make changes in their strategic strategy or their strategies around what they're doing and how they're doing it. Let's not let the funding source 
get in the way of what that looks like. So organizations that typically give money said, let's put it in the hands of these organizations and let them make those decisions. So organizations like the Dental uh, Delta Dental Arizona Foundation, uh, WAFED Foundation, uh, Wild Wealth Management Companies Foundation, they looked at the community and said, these are the ways that we can support it. Let them decide how they're going to manage that. Here's the organizations we want to support. Here's how we can do it. And the and these funding sources were giving to, you know, programs that, you know, elevated oral health, that provided resources and, and uh, funding for kids in crisis. They went to programs that provided food bank assistance. It was just really a wide variety of things. And then there's the organizations like Jewish Family and Children's Service who said, we are prominently an organization that works with our community in one-on-one counseling and we provide integrated health. And now all of a sudden we can't do that. We can't be there and face-to-face. What do we do? Telehealth, right? Well, now we're going to be able to provide these services in this virtual environment, but that costs money. That's money we weren't planning on spending. And so people stepped up and provided that opportunity for an organization like JFCS to be able to bring those services to the community and do it in such a way that's, you know, safe based on what we're doing in our community today. Programs like Excel, which is a um, educational nonprofit that provides services for kids and adults with developmental disabilities. One Step Beyond, another organization that supports individuals with disabilities, all went into this virtual environment and had to come up with ways to be able to provide these important programs for this part of our community. And they did it and they did it well and they're continuing to do it. So I think as you read this issue and and if you are a regular listener to the podcast or a regular reader of our um, The Arizona 100, you know that we talk a lot about these community organizations and these and the businesses and individuals that support them as really being an important part of our economy, right? This is what makes Arizona great is that in addition to having the entrepreneurial spirit and having um, being a location for many businesses to want to come and start, we also have this incredible depth of organizations that are providing much needed services across the state. Um, No matter what you might be in need of, there is likely going to be a nonprofit organization that can serve you and our corporate community that, that actively supports them through the financial resources, as well as providing important volunteers to do the work as well. You mentioned a, a, a concept that is so important. I want to return to and highlight it as a way of wrapping up the episode. And that is the idea of trusting the recipients of your funding to do what they deem best for the communities that they serve. This has certainly been a tension in philanthropy and humanitarian relief and so on for many, many years. The idea that, well, we're experts in a particular subject. And so when we give our funds, we want to target those funds or restrict them in some way. And not only because of the pandemic, but also because as it turns out, the the people with the most contact with the direct beneficiaries often have the most nuanced understanding of what folks need, the idea of loosening up some of those restrictions, saying, listen, here's here's a donation for you to do what you deem best or and and let people actually do the work that they know and serve the people that they serve. I think that's just such an important concept. You know, 
um, it's the difference between, you know, giving somebody, uh, you know, 20 bucks on the street and saying, no, you know, you have to spend that on food and giving somebody 20 bucks and saying, I trust you to know what you need. Here's, you know, go ahead. And again, it's a subtle difference, but it matters. Um, certainly we have, we have a lot of highly professional, well-organized, highly transparent and accountable nonprofit organizations serving their communities. And so hearing that some of the more traditional restrictions are, are being relaxed a little bit because of the pandemic actually makes good sense for the, from the perspective of those who study aid and study relief and nonprofit philanthropy and so on. That That's actually a good practice. I'm glad to hear that that's it's happening. It's a great, it's it's fantastic. And it, and it really puts the responsibility on the organization to, to be good stewards of those contributions, which they are, and put them into, you know, to good use. And, and just a couple quick little things as we um, kind of wrap this up. So um, the, the, Giving Tuesday is December 1st. It's an online initiative. It's really kind of a national um, social media initiative that really calls attention to all of the important nonprofits across the country. And it's an encouragement to give a little bit of extra on that day, right? We've just come out of the Thanksgiving holiday. We've had all the shopping excursions and all the things that happen, you know, as we kick off the holiday shopping. This is a reminder that there's a little bit extra in your in your wallet consider giving it to these great organizations. Here in Arizona, we have an, a program called the Arizona Charitable Tax Credit, which for qualifying organizations as a donor, single fi- filing single on your taxes, you can make a $400 donation to an organization and immediately have a write-off on your taxes. And as you're, if you're filing jointly, that's an $800 contribution. And so you make a gift to a nonprofit organization and you immediately benefit as well in having that um, tax liability forgiven if you owe state taxes. I can't think of a better way to impact our community as an individual and also having some impact on your own personal finances as well. So that's the Arizona Charitable Tax Credit, um, Giving Tuesday, December 1st. And of course, we highlight many nonprofits in our issue, but if there are some that are closer to you and you have a passion for some, please consider giving to them this holiday season. They could all use our support, whether that's financially, whether that's through goods and services, or if you can just donate a couple hours of your time, any organization out there that you feel passionate about, I encourage you to do that and we'll make it a real good um, holiday season for, for all of us out there by giving a little bit back to our community. Abby Fink is publisher of the Arizona 100, a wonderful publication. It's free to you. You can subscribe to get it in your email inbox at the Arizona 100.com. And of course, our companion podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love you to share the word. If you get value out of these episodes, if you get value out of the publication itself, Tell a friend, tell a colleague, share the good work. It's a good insight into all the interesting and diverse things happening throughout the great state of Arizona. Abby, thanks for being here. It was a pleasure. Thank you. For all of us here at phx.fm, I'm Dr. Adrian McIntyre. We'll see you next time on the Arizona 100 podcast. 